I'm excited about this episode because we're going to be talking about family culture from the perspective of how we grew up and why we're good friends with our siblings. And I just think this is on a lot of our hearts and minds right now as we're raising kiddos and we are going to families' houses for the holidays or because of travel restrictions, not able to go to families' houses for the holidays. And we're either experiencing the blessing of that experience or the disjointedness of that experience. And obviously, as parents, a lot of us are thinking, okay, what do I want to recreate? What do I not want to recreate within my own household? So today, I mean, this is not going to be extensive. I feel like you say family culture and a million things <laughs> come to my mind at least. But we're going to be talking about what are some of the top things we feel contributed to the positives in our families cultures. So anyways, hope you guys enjoy. Hey, I'm Elisha Votberg. And I'm his wife, Katie. Katie and I both grew up in families that were fun, impactful, and relationship rich. Now that we're a family of our own with three young children under the age of three, we're eager to see what God can do through the family unit. We're so excited that you're joining us on this podcast as we dive into what the Bible says about marriage, children, parenting, money, sex, careers, roles, and so much more. Katie, are you ready? Let's go. December. I can't believe it. Yeah, last month of the year, just like that. Here we are. <laughs> I mean, in so many ways, 2020 kind of drug on, but I mean, time just goes by fast to me. Like the more children we have and the more they grow up and the more engaging they are, it's yeah. like time flies. I was just saying tonight, Katie <laughs> totally. and I were laying on the couch and I had a flashback to when we were dating. Okay, yes. Confession, we, we <laughs> lay together like, on the couch a couple times know. while we were dating. If you should say this. Did we actually? I don't know. Whatever we were doing reminded me of when we were dating. I'm sure it was appropriate. I'm sure it was appropriate. Yeah, but we, uh, were, we were laying there know. on the couch. It may have been or not. We, didn't, we did not lay on a couch while we were dating, though. No, okay. Okay. So whatever you but said. the vibe reminded you I think you there was a smell. We yeah, there dating. was something that reminded me of when we were dating. And I was like, oh, that just, that feels like yesterday. And then I turned around. I saw our three kids playing together and it kind of took me for a loop. I was like, wow. In a lot of ways that was like yesterday. It was only like five years ago. He looks down and my belly's jabbing him into the far corner of the couch. He's like, this is a little different. Yeah. But boy, does time fly. And here we are wrapping up another year. And I'm so grateful that my kiddos are healthy, that my wife is healthy. We've got our fourth child that appears to be healthy coming into this world very soon. And life is a gift. It is. I feel like, yeah, this year has probably been one of the fastest years of my life after, like before and after the trailer stint. Mm. The trailer was like a lifetime in and of itself. Sure. But before and after that, it's just like, whoa, where's the time gone? Right. So, yeah, but it's yeah. good. This December is pretty different for me because something that's been pretty huge in my family's Christmas 
tradition is playing Christmas concerts together. Big part of their family culture. Yeah, big part of our family <laughs> culture, and we're going to be talking about that uh, today. But this this December is different for me. We're not doing Christmas concerts for, I mean, the obvious reason of COVID and the restrictions that are in place in the states that we usually play concerts in, namely Washington, Oregon, and California. And uh, so we're we're doing different things instead. <laughs> yeah, I know it's totally different this year. Uh, can I put a plug in here for farmhouse candles real quick sure because i'm just sitting here and there's this little candle between us and it smells incredible it's pumpkin chai and it's my family's candle company yeah so i'm just sitting here smelling it going i need to tell you guys about it this is definitely spontaneous but they did give me a code over thanksgiving Mm -hmm. so i'll give that to you guys right now or did we put in the show notes right now no i'll just it's now that i'm a mother that's the code that's the code so, so farmhouse con- candle, ph- farmhouse candle shop.com, right? Yeah. And if you use now that I'm a mother, you'll get 25% off. Maybe we should put that in the, uh, the show notes. In the show notes. Yeah. Yeah. That's not an ad, by the way. I don't like an ad. <laughs> we do love their candles and it is awesome because it is a straight up family business. I mean, you've got all of your younger siblings out there doing a, a, a step of the process. Yeah, I guess I'm just so proud of them. Yeah, I am too. I'm so proud of them. So anyways, yeah, I had to say that because it's just, it's a warm little glow in my heart right yes. here as we're talking about this. But we were over at my family's house for Thanksgiving. We didn't go to Elisha's this this time. Typically, actually, we split it down the middle with these holidays. I go, we go to my family's for Thanksgiving mm-hmm. and his family's for Christmas. Yep. And it just is fun that way it works well for us it does work well for us and so the family culture was just on my mind the whole time i was there Hmm. because i was like wow here i am as an adult i'm bringing my kiddos back and they're getting to be recipients of this family culture and Hmm. how cool is it that we're all here so this was the first thanksgiving we've celebrated with just my siblings usually we've done it with extended family and it's the first it's the feel like I should tell you guys what happened so you just don't think I'm freaking out but our little sound box like fell off the table but it, it was the first time that my sister so two of us are married just my sister and myself are married two awesome guys and then two of my siblings are single and not living at home and the rest are living at home but it's just really cool to all get together mm. yeah I feel like the family culture is kind of accentuated at times or in a lot of ways it's accentuated when the in-laws start to become a part of it and the core values of your home are either magnified or there's kind of some friction against those core values and so it was it was a fun study case i think case study study case no no case study (laughs) yeah it was a fun case study being at your family's this weekend for thanksgiving having myself there who, you know, I'm an in-law and then having our brother-in-law Adam there and having some nieces and nephews and the grandbabies there and to see how the family flowed and what type of dynamic there was. And overall it was really positive. Yeah, it was really, really fun. And I just, I posted this little video of my mom and us girls singing some of my sisters and I, and I realized like, oh, this is such a part of like my family culture growing up. Mm. And I got so many different messages back from you guys. Some of you are like, 
okay, how do you create this culture, right? Mm. You're in the season of life that we're in where you have little kids and you want them to grow up to be siblings. And then I also got comments from people who are like, I wish this was the culture in our home, but my kids are grown and they don't talk to each other and they don't appreciate each other and no one wants to really come home. Right, yeah. And that's from like a grieving parent who didn't really understand what happened. And obviously Mm. you can't, control if there was a five-step program to having right. a great family culture everyone would be doing it so you can't you it's really in the lord's hands and it depends on each individual as they become adults and decide whether or not they want to take on the responsibility for caring for those relationships right. but elisha and i both wrote down some things that we feel like impacted our family culture. Yeah. Yeah. And like you said, Katie, I think one of my first points was that it does start with the leadership. And so instantly you think mommy and daddy, right? Because they are naturally the leaders in the home from a young age. And that's definitely the case in both of our families where my, our fathers and our mothers created a really healthy family culture that we're able to carry on now. However, the children do need to make a decision on whether or not when they when they become adults, young adults, they need to make a decision on whether or not they're going to buy into that family culture and be a part of it and contribute to it and make it a fun uh, experience for everyone that's a part of it. And something else that I think is true that is I think should give everybody hope whether or not their parents did a good job or whether or not they were their parents were intentional about creating a family culture is that leadership creates the culture and the leadership does not need to come from the parents. It can come from one of the siblings when you're a young adult. It can come from one of the in-laws when you're a young adult. And even though, like I said, Katie and I both experienced fathers and mothers being great leaders in creating this culture, it we've had to choose to continue on a healthy culture within the family structures, but we've also witnessed other families where it's the children and sometimes the grandchildren that decide that they want to create a good family culture. And you'll see a daughter-in-law or a son-in-law or a son or a daughter be very intentional about leading and creating a family culture. And so it does start with leadership, but that does not mean it has to be the father and the mother. That's profound, Elisha. Profound, huh? I think so. I think that's really good because as you were saying that, I'm like, it's so true. Leadership and conscious intentional effort is what creates the culture. It's not just the parents. Hmm. So it's not like the ship has sailed. Mm -hmm. We can choose as adults to go into a family gathering and start creating a more positive culture Hmm. and building that from where we're at today Hmm. within our own extended families. Right. That's super cool. Well, and I think that you should have that mindset whether or not you need to kind of um, revamp or revitalize your family culture or maybe redo your family culture. If you've got a good family culture, it's going to require leadership for the next generation to continue that. And so I think that you should have the perspective. If you're, you know, a young parent or if you're even you're a young adult that's a single person, I think you should have the perspective of being a leader and initiating that family culture. Yeah, that's something I need to take to heart myself. <laughs> that's important. I think something that's has always stuck out to me is that you can't have shared memories if you don't have shared experiences. Hmm. And the way our society is set up right now and the way children are raised is 
everyone has their own experience. Mm -hmm. Everyone has their own school experience. Everyone has their own friend experience. Everyone's in their own sport or It's very individualistic. Yes, it's very individualistic. And then we wonder why when we're adults, we don't really have that much in common Mm. with the sibling that was raised right next to us because they were, what, a year and a half, two years, three years younger or whatever or older, and they had a completely different experience even Mm -hmm. though we went to bed in the same house now this just takes intentional effort Mm -hmm. to combat and i feel like in our family we my parents took it to the extreme but i think it was really healthy we have just a plethora of shared memories because Mm -hmm. we had so many shared experiences like we shared rooms that was actually a very intentional thing that my parents did. We never got our own room, even if we could have our own room, mm-hmm. because they wanted us to hang out and facilitate that conversation during that time. Uh, now, we did homeschool, so we also shared a teacher mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, every day. Uh, we shared sports. So until high school, we didn't do, and this is just my family, but mm-hmm. we didn't do organized sports and when we did do organized sports we always would do them together Mm -hmm. uh we did shared interests like we would all take sewing lessons we'd all take art classes we'd all do gymnastics and so often i hear this coming from parents saying oh well we want this child to have their own thing Mm -hmm. you know so and so has baseball and we want so and so to have dance Mm -hmm. now individualism and like fueling that individualistic like uniqueness in each child is important I think for parents Mm -hmm. and I do think my parents did a really good job of letting all of us know that we were unique and some of us were really good at gymnastics and some of us stank at it and some Mm -hmm. of us were good at art and some of us stank at it but it these are all opportunities to build friendships yeah and I think what's cool about the experience that you had with your siblings in art or in gymnastics or in music lessons or whatever it was that you all did together because you were doing it as a squad and as a team you were all able to encourage the two or three or four siblings that really took a passion in that area mm-hmm. and said hey like i want this to kind of be my thing and it wasn't uh, separate like this is my thing and you guys don't get to have any part in it it was like i really have a passion for this maybe i've got a you know a propensity to be more gifted maybe i'm more gifted in this area uh, mm-hmm. than some people are and then you can encourage that as a sibling because you're there experiencing it with them and you've got kind of a similar reference point to go to. Yeah, you have a, an appreciation because you've tried it. Right. And I think of this with marriages, right? You want to have shared experience within a marriage. Oftentimes affairs start as having shared experiences or shared memories or emotional connections with someone who's not your spouse. That's right. It doesn't matter who you're close to or who you're having those shared experiences with. It builds a bond. It does. That's right. Yeah. And so being intentional and creating an environment where your children are building a bond or I, I and the similar things happened in my family where we were playing music together. We were practicing together as a family band. We were all going to fiddle competitions together. We were doing music classes and music courses together. And then even though we did something that was different than in my family than Katie's family was we played organized sports at a younger age. And so we were each on our own team, which in hindsight, I actually 
don't think was as healthy for our family culture as it was prior to playing organized sports and being on our own separate teams. And so that's my personal opinion <laughs> after doing the whole, you know, uh, organized sports thing. But even though we are each on our own team, our parents made a very intentional point to make it a family affair. And so if, you know, my sister Annie had a basketball game, all of us went and supported Annie at her basketball game. If Lilia had a golf match, then we were all supposed to go support her at her golf match. We I were all bad. supposed to go. I, feel I was bad. like, you can't use Lily as an example. I do feel bad about that one. I still apologize to her sometimes because I think she played golf for four years in high school <laughs> and I never made it to a golf match. But well, it was Lilia was the one Lilia was my best friend, like for years and years and years and years growing up. She's still a really close friend. And she was just like, no one comes to my games. Like mm. everyone goes to Elisha's and Annie's games. And mm. No one comes to my games. Yeah. <laughs> she was a good sport about it though. She know she knew she was loved. That's right. So even though we, again, I, I do think that we had a, the, the whole, okay, okay, let's see. I don't even know. Maybe I should back up a bit. Overall, I'm really grateful that my parents made an effort to support each child as a family so that was it was a family experience when we when there was a basketball game or a track meet or like i said a golf match and elisha and i are sharing what our family specifically did mm-hmm. this is not the perfect family roadmap i mean both of our families have total flaws in our family cultures and weaknesses in our family yeah. cultures and it's we're just trying to throw out some examples of how these different concepts were applied how our parents applied these concepts and how we're evaluating them looking forward to how we're going to train and raise our family. And I will say this, both Katie and I's families have, my and Katie's families have, you know, numerous, countless flaws. And there's, you know, relational discord here and there, and you've got to work through contention here and there. But but overall, we are stoked to go visit either one of my our families. Oh, yeah, hands like, down. We loved going to see Katie's family for Thanksgiving, and we're so excited to go to my family's for Christmas. And we just love literally each one of them, like the in-laws, all of it. We love the whole experience, and we're encouraged by everyone. There's edification that takes place, and there's a ton of fun that takes place. And so we really like where our families are at. There's definitely flaws and shortcomings in both of our families. Yeah, we aren't here to say like, oh, this is this is just how it should be. You know, we want to grow and we want to learn. But yeah, like Elisha said, we have had positive experiences and this is just kind of us sharing our experiences, not like your kid shouldn't share a room, like, or should always share a room. Like, I don't know, maybe Leon's going to have his own room and you know, or Lucy, she's the only girl in our family. She might just grow up in her own room. It's not like she's not going to be friends with her brothers, I guess is what I'm saying. This isn't like we're sharing legalistic points right like this is doctrine for family culture i do think it is it's always good for me to be to come to an awareness of how so far or i mean i shouldn't say so far as it stands now society and our culture does not give you any help in bringing your family together Mm -hmm. and so segregation is a huge part of like everything from school to sports to bible studies to you know sunday school to preschool all of it you know, even when you go to church, it's like the parents have their program and then every age group in your family has their own program that they're expected to go to. I know this isn't across the board, but it's a common thing in many churches. And so even 
in church when they're dividing the family and saying, okay, you guys each are in your own little category. It doesn't do the family any service in bringing more unity and creating a healthy, vibrant family culture. Yeah, family culture isn't something that just drops out of the sky. That's right. You have to be intentional. Family will develop a culture, but if it's going to be positive, it's going to take effort. Something that I think my dad and mom did a really good job of was vision casting a lot together. That was just kind of the people they were. They're both dreamers. And this isn't everyone's personality. But I remember being six years old and finding this file in my dad's filing cabinet. And it had all these things written down on it, like maybe a hundred things, 200 things. There were so many sheets of paper in there saying Johnson's are, and then he had the basically pretty much any adjective you could think of this positive. <clears throat> and this is when I'm six. So there's probably five of us at this time. Hmm. And I remember taking it to my mom and being like, are we all these things? And she was like, Oh, well, those are all the things, you know, daddy wants you guys to be. And I do think that, casting a vision of what do we want our family culture to be is super helpful. Mm. Some of the ones that stuck off that list that we repeat all the time to each other as siblings are Johnson's are flexible. Mm -hmm. Johnson's are never bored. Mm -hmm. I just heard all of these Johnson's are participators. Mm. Like whether you like the event or not, you participate and you add to the situation. You don't sit in the corner and like mock it. Uh, And this one kind of, grew as a joke with our younger siblings. It was kind of accidental. Um, But one of the younger kids one time told a friend that said, I think he said like stupid or something. And my younger brother said, Johnson's don't say bad words. (laughs) So (laughs) we added that one in there. Johnson's don't say bad words. But I just think that having that in your brain as a parent Mm -hmm. and Elisha's in my brain as we're raising our kids, helps kind of guide what we're trying to highlight in our family. Like you said, yeah, a vision is so fun and it's exciting. And I will attest to the whole Johnson's don't say bad words because I've only heard your mouth become more provocative since you were a Votberg. I think that still holds true. (laughs) (laughs) More provocative? Uh, I'm joking. What's that Uh, supposed to be? Katie doesn't say bad words as a Johnson and she doesn't say them as a Votberg either. I don't know. I don't know about that either, but (laughs) I don't swear. (laughs) (laughs) I don't swear. Um, No, but I think you are right, Katie. Drawing a picture for what for what a family can be, using your imagination and creativity, and then use doing that as a whole family. Saying, "What do we want to be? What do we want to be about? What do we want to stand for? What do we want to encourage in one another and the people around us?" I think is really fun Mm -hmm. having those vision casting sessions and I, your family does a great job of that and your dad does it in a very like like that he writes it down and he says johnson's are this johnson's are that and it's a very assertive and almost like militant way of doing it at times totally ap- appearing it's like, like that's no, not no it's totally like he did this the exact same thing for his business right you know he yes. has the 12 core values right. and then he has core values for our family like this is gonna look different depending on what the husband and wife's vibe is right so that was very formal my dad's very informal in his vision casting mm-hmm. he's i would say almost just as visionary as your father is in a lot of ways oh yeah but he's far more subtle in it and it's a lot more of a conversation at least it was growing up with me and my siblings where i can remember being nine or 11 or 13 years old and us sitting for hours in the living room just talking about what we wanted to do in the next five years as a family 
and what type what we wanted our property to look like and what type of businesses we wanted to start what we wanted to do as a family band and it was just a whole family conversation that my dad very much facilitated and encouraged but it's not like he had these core values that he was telling us, you know, and, and preaching to us. Yeah, your dad is like a novelty, not a novelty to me. but An it's anomaly. Anomaly. Yes, yeah. we've talked about this a lot. But he just like, somehow he's created this very strong family culture. And you don't even know how he does it because it seems so chill. And mm-hmm. your mom too, because she's definitely a big part of it. But it's just like under the radar and you don't even know you're being influenced and you are. And thankfully, I respect Joe and Lisa so much. So I'm so grateful for their influence. Right. Um, I feel like they could influence you pretty much any way, though. Yes, it's crazy. It's like this strong, subtle undercurrent where my parents are so just like. It, like you said, it's just like it's written down on paper yeah, in front of your eyes. That's right. It's very overt. You know, something that my father and your father and, and, and my mother and your mother as well, I think cultivated in our homes was an environment of reconciliation and quick reconciliation amongst relationships. Mm-hmm. And I mean, this is like a basic rule for relationships in general, you know, friendships, marriage, dating, whatever it is, is being able to reconcile differences and apologize quickly and just come to, you know, when feelings are hurt, addressing it quicker rather than, than later. And I think that your family is very good at this. They address hurt and conflict because that's inevitable in any long-term relationship, in any deep relationship, and definitely in any, I think, family relationships, there's going to be hurt feelings. There's going to be conflict. And how you handle that is going to determine how the culture looks going forward and what Mm -hmm. the taste in your mouth is, so to speak, leaving a family event. And when you're able to leave a family event, knowing that, Hey, whether maybe there's some things that still need to be resolved, but if you're able to resolve most of the issues before you leave an event, there's so much peace that comes with that. And you're able to look forward to the next event. Because like I said, if you're spending, you know, four days with your family or a week with your family or one day with your family, there's going to be old hurts that come up. There's going to be old, I think, you know, weaknesses and soft spots that present themselves and being able to apologize, have a lot of grace in the moment is so crucial. And my parents exemplified this for themselves. You know, when we hurt them or when they hurt us, they addressed it in the moment in front of everybody. They showed humility Mm -hmm. and that just created amongst my siblings and I a spirit and an attitude of, oh, if feelings are hurt, you bring it up, you address it and you forgive one another and you move on. Yeah. Like you said at the beginning, it really starts with leadership and that example, whoever's setting that example is super powerful Mm because I agree both of our parents are very quick to publicly apologize and admit fault mm-hmm. and if to each other and to us as kids. And I know that really helps. It's helped both Elisha and I in our marriage. And I want our kids to see that too, mm. that conflict is inevitable. Things go wrong. And it's not that we're trying to avoid conflict Mm-mm. because sometimes conflict needs to happen. That's right. You need to go through that hard conversation or someone needs to cry or this old hurt has to resurface and you have to talk through it. And so it's not the conflict that's bad. We just need to resolve that conflict mm-hmm. and make sure no bridges get built up mm-hmm. or grudges. Or get no bridges held. are good. You don't want like walls built up or yeah. bridges <laughs> burnt or walls. Yeah. yeah. Burn the bridge, build the wall. Yeah. Don't burn the bridge yeah. and don't build the wall. That's right. 
Okay, you guys get it. Okay. <laughs> Hopefully you get it. And again, I'm not perfect at this. You know, I'm I'm leaving Thanksgiving knowing that with one of my siblings things didn't go great. Mm-hmm. And that needs I need to have further conversations mm-hmm. with that sibling. Mm-hmm. And, but that relationship is so so important to me that even if it's extra work or even if it's extra time it really does need to be a priority mm-hmm. and yeah that reconciliation needs to be like totally present mm-hmm. something that's kind of unique to my family but i think that goes along with this that was a blessing in my life is johnson's are positive mm. and we all really affirm each other a lot mm. that's like something that's in the family culture we're also very loud and vocal mm-hmm. and there'll be like quick flurries of arguments yeah. where people like all raise their voices and I'm not saying that's a good thing. Right. That's probably a negative part of our family culture, but that positive culture where it's a high praise environment hmm. gives a lot of grace and a lot of fat to the situation. Right. So if you're raising a home that has a very critical environment, you're going to be like one wrong one misstep away from really hurt feelings right and so even though i would say it's a negative side to my family's dynamic that we all will say things we don't mean maybe very quickly in the moment Mm -hmm. and elisha has helped me (laughs) be like katie just you know that's not okay for you to do that and i think we're all maturing lord willing right it it has really helped that the environment is very high praise and positive. Yeah. yeah, it's it stuff happens very quickly and rapidly and intensely in Katie's family, at least more so than my family. Mm-hmm. And so zingers will be going out to me at a rapid rate, but because they're addressed in the moment and then reconciliation and then praise and positive affirmation is always following up with those things, then there's able to be this really healthy, vibrant and free attitude and spirit in the home my family is a lot more subtle in the way that we address things you know we my dad definitely praised us for keeping our emotions in control in conversations and so which is a good thing (laughs) yes and your and your father definitely encourages you guys to keep your emotions in check but it's just more the conversations are more spirited in your home typically than they are in my home yeah and we're basically giving you guys these examples just to be like you can have a really healthy, quote unquote, you know, family culture that's mm-hmm. positive that you want to be a part of that's that's a blessing without it being perfect. That's right. And with it looking differently. Yeah. I mean, who gets to define what positive is? And, and for Katie and I, we think it's po- we think our family cultures are positive because we look forward to being a part of it. We look forward to spending time with our family and we truly feel like they build us up and encourage us in our faith. And in the areas that matter the most to us. Yes. And I will say, though, like when Elisha and I were dating, he was like a little like, whoa, you guys are crazy (laughs) when he first came in. And I think like to the family. Mm -hmm. And I feel like I had some of those same things molding into his family culture where I was like, wow, this is how you guys do things. Mm -hmm. You know, so just because you love being a part of it doesn't mean people from the outside either will be like, right. Oh wow. That looks great. Yes. Sign me up for some of that. But that's the beauty of, of being able to have that responsibility as parents. The Lord put Elisha and I together mm-hmm. and as he leads, we get to do our best to 
create a healthy family in the way that you know works for works for our personalities there's yeah. gonna be kinks and quirks 100 percent. there's so many there's so many flaws and there's so many shortcomings but that's the beauty of human relationships is that you know you've got one perfect savior mm -hmm. and when you've got unity in him and i mean obviously that should that should have been the first element that brings good healthy culture is when you've got a, a united faith in mm -hmm. the one and only lord and savior jesus christ you know the one true god yahweh and when we when you have that so much edification and true fellowship can come in your family relationships well yeah because how like forgiveness we forgive because he first forgave us That's right. there are so many things that we draw from in our family that i guess I've taken for granted hmm. that stem from what we believe to be true That's about right. God and what we believe to be true about ourselves as, as humans. So anyways, those are just like some thoughts. Obviously a lot of people say like traditions are, are great, but mm -hmm. I feel like, and, and those are great. Our family, my family wasn't real traditional. We were more spontaneous. Mm -hmm. We eventually had things we did every year, but it was very rare. Mm -hmm. Typically we would move about twice a year. So <laughs> you could call <laughs> that a tradition, <laughs> but it just, that falls under really shared, shared experiences yeah. and shared memories yep. and creating a family language mm. will naturally happen too. If you're just hanging out a ton, yep. those inside jokes and the, I remember one of my friends growing up was like, I've hung out with your family for a week and like 50% of the time you guys all know what you're talking about. And I don't, <laughs> <laughs> she goes, you guys have this like code you talk through. And so just like those fun things, I think naturally develop as mm -hmm. you spend time together. That's right. Yeah. Like you said, language is family language. And that is, that can only be developed when you, spend numerous time when you are in conversation with one another and mm -hmm. you have shared experiences and shared memories yeah so that's all we've got for family culture tonight yeah there were like a million and a half things just like ping-ponging around in my brain but i feel like it's a lot and mm -hmm. and it really does just boil down to some of these things that we're going to try to implement with our kids and there's so many little nuances and different variations of the way you could do things. Yeah. And I know that this is a family, uh, intensive time of year. It's, you know, people are spending more time than usual with their families during the holiday season. And, and so it's either bringing up like cases at the beginning, negative or positive feelings about family and family culture. And regardless of where your family culture is now, meaning your parents or siblings and how you interact with them, I think having a vision for what you want your family, your you and your spouse, and what you want your children and the relationships they can have with one another, uh, having a vision for that can be so exciting. And I know that I find so much encouragement in my faith from my siblings. And to think that I could raise up children that encourage one another in this journey of faith that we're on, in this temporary life here on earth, that they can build each other up, for years and years and years and decades and generations to come, that gets me excited. And I want to cultivate that, you know, and hopefully just with the Lord's grace and mercy, we can cultivate that culture in our home. And just going back to what you're saying and back to that leadership piece that you shared at the beginning, I do think how we choose to model behavior with our siblings when maybe we don't have a good relationship with that sibling or maybe like, we've been wronged by mm -hmm. them our kids are watching that right. i've watched my 
mother and my father go out on a limb with different brother and sister-in-laws, different siblings in their family, where they just love and love and love and forgive and forgive and forgive. Mm -hmm. And as a child, I'm thinking like, that person is annoying. Right. <laughs> like, why do you keep doing this? But mm. they're modeling to me that behavior of these relationships are worth working on. Mm -hmm. We don't talk bad about this person. And the Lord has placed this person in our lives as a family member for a reason. And we're going to continue working on this relationship, even if it's never great. Mm -hmm. yeah. So that's yeah. one way we can model to our kids what we hope they will one day do yeah walking yeah. yeah right on folks welcome to december happy december i hope you had a great thanksgiving i hope you enjoyed today's episode thank you so much for listening we'll talk to you next week we'll talk to you next week bye-bye <laughs>